Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Fertility in Focus podcast. I'm your host, Christina Burns. I'm a doctor of natural medicine specializing in the treatment of infertility via natural and integrative methods. I founded the Naterna Institute in New York City, where my team and I work with women and couples, often in collaboration with Western medical doctors, to guide the path to healthy conception. In this podcast, you'll learn all about your body and everything in the fertility landscape to help you realize your dream of baby. I'll be bringing you the best of advice from experts in the fields of both natural and conventional medicine, as well as the heartfelt and very helpful stories of brave fertility heroes on their path to baby. Let's dive into today's episode. Hi, ladies. Welcome back. Now, nobody wants to hear about stress and fertility because fertility challenges are stressful. And it's like, how how do we control that? But I would never tell you not to stress your fertility woes. I'm just going to give you the tools to be able to manage that stress and hopefully reduce the impact of stress on your fertility-making efforts. Uh, I do, however, want to emphasize the importance because, you know, the link between stress and fertility challenges, it's there. Like I see it and I see it in um, a lot of my patients. And so I don't think it should be ignored, but I don't think it's realistic to be like, hey, don't stress out. Just forget about it. Go on a vacation. You know, everything's going to be fine, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think maybe what is a better approach is to provide you with some tools and hacks to help you survive this process and thrive and maybe integrate some things that are not only going to be good for managing the stress, but also for your fertility. So let's get a little bit into the evidence because up until recently, basically most doctors are like, oh, we don't see a link between stress and fertility. Um, And I have been noticing it in my practice, like my super high stress patients have a lot more trouble conceiving for unknown reasons kind of thing. Like there's a reason, but nobody's finding what it is. Um, But the doctor's like, ah, you know, we don't see a link between, you know, stress affecting fertility kind of thing. And, but I've seen, you know, people going in for their IVF transfers and it's a good embryo and their lining looks really great and it doesn't work. And, you know, all their autoimmune and blood clotting stuff is normal and everything looks normal and they're eating a super clean diet. And what is the one thing that's out of order? They're freaking out. They're freaking out with anxiety and overwhelm and stress leading up to their transfer and after their transfer. And then it doesn't work. And we don't know why it doesn't work. But I surmise that there are some cases where the stress is just affecting things. So higher levels of stress as measured by something called salivary amylase have been associated with a longer time to pregnancy um, and an increased risk of of infertility. What is known already is that data suggests that stress and reproduction are interrelated However, the directionality of that association is unclear. So they don't know why stress is affecting fertility, but they're starting to see that it is affecting fertility. And this was found in a recent study by the Division of Epidemiology, Statistics, and Prevention Research um, in collaboration with the University of Oxford in the United Kingdom. And they examined the issue by studying alpha amylase, which is secreted into saliva by the parotid gland, the largest of the salivary glands. Alpha amylase digests starch, that's its function in the body, but in recent years, many researchers have used it as a barometer 
of the body's response to physical or psychological stress. The substance is secreted when the nervous system produces catecholamines, um, which are compounds that initiate a type of stress response. So a lot of people are like, oh, my cortisol, my cortisol is high. Like, you know, this is bad for my physiology. Yes, totally. Like elevated cortisol for a long period of time does wreak havoc on the hormones. I write about it in my book that is coming out in March. Um, but salivary amylase, I also mentioned the book, uh, is the thing that they're actually finding more correlated to trouble getting pregnant. They're not seeing a direct link between the cortisol and issues with pregnancy. It, the, the issue is also just like indirect. Um, as you know, the female hormonal system is a complex, like interconnected web. And, you know, when you have problems with one hormone, it often knocks another one askew. And when there's stress, it'll, it can affect ovulation. It can affect, um, you know, how ferocious your PMS is or your period. Um, it can stress, it, it can affect a lot of things, but because there's no direct link, most of the, you know, conventional medical profession are just basically dismissing it as like not important when in fact it is super important. So the study, um, showed that 25% of women with the highest alpha amylase levels had overall a 12% reduction in fertility when compared um, to those who did not have elevated levels of this enzyme. Um, so 12% overall reduction in fertility is fairly significant. And, and this can play out either when you're trying naturally or if you're trying with IVF or IUI or just timed intercourse and medications or what have you. And so again, I'm not going to be like, hey, don't stress because that's not realistic because not knowing when or how you're going to conceive or not understanding what's happening is extremely psychologically stressful. So instead, I'm going to give you some ways to um, alleviate the stress that are safe for fertility and in fact, enhance fertility. So if you've listened to my podcast, you know that I love um, herbs. Like they are my jam. I find them to be just an amazing fertility booster, uh, probably more powerful than anything else I use in my arsenal. I do think acupuncture is amazing. I think mind-body approaches are amazing. I think the herbs are just unreal. So a couple of my faves for both fertility and um, and for stress, um, one is ashwagandha. I'm a huge fan of ashwagandha. It is really good for the thyroid, the adrenals. It's helped with, it helps with depression, anxiety, feelings of overwhelm, stress. It'll help you cope with your stress much better. It's also good for your thyroid gland. It's good for regulating cycles. It's good for PMS. Um, it's good for feeling bloated. Uh, it is awesome. So ashwagandha is one that you could safely incorporate into your fertility journey and not have it affect anything um, negatively. In fact, it probably would probably enhance it. Um, maca, I did another podcast on, and maca is so awesome for libido, for sex drive, for lubrication, um, for regulating cycles, for um, you know advanced maternal age, for sperm health. It's amazing for all those things. What was also interesting is that they couldn't find a hormonal mechanism for how it worked. Instead, maca was very well researched for its effects on the nervous system and um, and on mood and happiness and managing anxiety levels. So maca, even though it's more known as a hormonal and fertility herb, is amazing for your mind. Chinese medicine, so magical, but it seems very foreign to a lot of people. Uh, so there is a formula called Gui Tong that I really like. It helps with sleep, helps with anxiety, helps with thyroid, helps with fertility. I use it a lot. A lot of people get pregnant on it. 
Um, it's widely available. It's wonderful. You can get it in pills, liquid, tincture, gui pi tang. Uh, I also often mix a formula called sunny tang um, and with fertility formulas. Um, and that one is really good for regulating mood. Uh, you'll find it in my uh, junk juice formulas. So I, I sell a couple of junk juice formulas on um, www.junkjuicemagic.com. I also do bespoke formulas there for anybody looking to conceive. I design a formula specifically for you according to how you fill out a questionnaire. But there are a couple formulas up there that are more like mindset and stress medicine. One's called Supernatural. Um, and one is called Glow. I often recommend Glow as a very like mellow stress management formula. It makes you feel great. It helps with digestion. It's very good for egg quality. It's a wonderful balanced formula um, and so good for women and very good for women over the age of 35. Um, and that one has um, the evidence of like traditional old formulas in the Materia Medica of Chinese medicine, but one that I've adapted for, for women of today. So besides magical herbal formulas, I also love the supplement called NAC. It's amazing for anxiety. It can possibly save you. Um, it's also potentially good for egg quality. And then there's the lifestyle things. And here they are. You're not going to want to hear them, but here's what helps. Cut caffeine. Cut it dramatically or cut it out entirely. Caffeine will make you feel crazy. If you are already feeling overwhelmed, especially I see a lot of people doing the morning fasting thing and then just having caffeine, and it will just make you feel frenzied and overwhelmed and like you can't handle anything. So like don't ever have coffee on an empty stomach for one. And if you are already feeling like you're losing your mind, think about cutting it out. Do some black tea. Do some green tea. Try some different sources of caffeine, maybe a little bit of kombucha, or just cut the caffeine altogether, you will feel sane overnight. Also, booze. Terrible for your brain chemistry. They call it a depressant for good reason, and it doesn't take much. It could be like one glass a few times a week could start to make you feel like you are just unwell emotionally. Not to mention that like neither caffeine or booze are helpful for your fertility efforts. See other podcasts of mine um, where I go through the research on that stuff. So um, in, in very basic kind of understanding, uh, booze is hard on your liver. You can't metabolize your hormones properly unless your liver is healthy. Um, and it dramatically affects your levels of ser serotonin, GABA, dopamine, like your happy hormones. If you have bad sleep, booze is especially terrible because it will slaughter your sleep even more. Um, so if you are feeling emotionally unwell on this process... I suggest that you really um, think hard about you whether you really need to have that glass of wine. Might feel like it give you gives you relief now, will make you worse tomorrow and the next day and the next day. Sugar, same kind of deal. Horrible roller coaster for your neurochemistry. Like if you want to feel unstable, consume sugar on a regular basis. You're usually consuming it because your body's craving this upper um, and then it just sends you kind of up and down emotionally. If you're craving sugar, a lot of the time it's because your daily routine is out of sorts. Like you need to eat breakfast, eat protein or fat for breakfast. Um, you need to drink water. You need to get adequate sleep. All of these things. You crave sugar usually because something else is in your routine is out of whack. And same thing for like sugar and booze. I notice if you just eat first before having something sugary, like eat something with protein or fat, eat that first, 
before you have a drink or before you have sugar, your craving for the sugar or for the boozy drink will go away. Move your body daily. And I'm not talking about like go and doing like soul cycle and orange theory and like Barry's boot camp and all these crazy workouts. I'm talking about like go for a walk, um, do some stairs, uh, do a bar class, do yoga, move your body daily. It is so amazing for your mental health. I think you know that, but sometimes we forget. And so you might just need a reminder to get back on track, get outside every day, every day. Um, staying inside is terrible for your mental health. Seeing the sky just seeing the sky, um, having the light shine on your face, even if it's a cloudy day, will do wonders for your outlook. Spend time with loved ones. Um, you know, like that, those like chemicals that are released in our body from being with people that we love or that, you know, nurture us or just with friends, um, that is really, really helpful. Meditate. I know it's not everybody's jam, but meditation has been proven in study after study after study to help you weather the storms that life is going to throw at you. Um, it's something that you can do for free in the comfort of your own home. And if you have to work up to silent meditation, then try some of the ones that are available, like download fertility ones from iTunes or, um, you know, one of the apps that, that gives you meditations to do, but, or go to the Deepak Chopra website and do his 21 day challenge. But I really highly recommend meditating. It will change your life. And remember that the things you're doing, yes, they're to get you pregnant and they're to help you survive the path to pregnancy, but they're going to make you um, a more peaceful mom, um, and a more present mom. And sometimes going through this journey, um, puts us through all this hell so that we are better prepared to be, um, the kind of mom that we want to be. Do acupuncture. Obviously. I think it's not for everybody. It might not even be available to everybody in your area, um, for the people who are listening to this, but those who have access to it, I highly recommend it. It is amazing for stress. And, um, it's just like a point in your day where you're deliberately unplugging. Uh, and it's awesome for fertility. Um, that's why most people going through fertility treatment now have acupuncturists because it's just been shown to help so much. Does it help via, um, reducing the stress response in the body? We don't know. It, it works via a lot of mechanisms, increasing blood circulation, cleansing the body, lowering the stress response. Um, but if the thought of needles doesn't paralyze you, I would definitely suggest to try it out. Last but not least, prioritize. When we are not organized, we will feel frenetic. So, you know, have your day kind of like outlined, okay, between this time and this time, I'm going to do this between this time and this time, I'm going to do this. Allow yourself some white space. Don't cram your day full of a thousand things so that you're running from here to there. Rushing is the enemy of relaxation. Rushing will make you feel crazy. You will be flaring a stress response constantly. You need to allow yourself a little grace between things. Don't tell yourself that you have to get everything done in a day. The things that are important will get done. You'll get them done. And maybe there'll be times where you're a little busy, busier than others, but allow yourself some grace. Give yourself some white space in the day. That means schedule time in the day where there's nothing scheduled because inevitably you're probably going to end up needing that time. I'm really happy you've tuned in and joined the community. And I'm so excited to bring you more helpful content with each episode. In order to make this podcast as helpful as possible, I want to hear your input on what questions you need answered to get you feeling empowered on your fertility journey. You can DM me on Instagram at 
at Naturna underscore life or at naturally CB to share your most important fertility related questions. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please follow and share with friends. My mission is to help as many women and couples as possible. And for that, I need your help. Yours as always in love and light, Dr. Christina.